Welcome to Da Vinci's Discourse, where the minds of today's most innovative entrepreneurs are unveiled and explored. And my name is Kyle Campbell, your guide on this journey into the depths of the entrepreneurial psyche. So sit back, relax, and get ready to dive into the minds of the greats. This is Da Vinci's Discourse. All right, brother, let's get into it. So, Rob and Alex, dude, pleasure to have you here, man. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, what do you do? Who do you do it for? Yeah. So um, I am the co-founder of High Level. So we are a full CRM platform. Um, we serve primarily to marketing agencies and serve about 60,000 customers, um, which represents about 400,000 small businesses around the world. Wow, man, right on. So what do you do for them? Like exactly, if we were to get into it, if you're somebody who doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I have two other partners and, you know, we have a, we kind of call it a, a co-founder circle uh, or a co-founder office. And we kind of, you know, all kind of handle different parts of the businesses but at the end of the day we kind of jump on what if we're tied up another co-founder jumps on it um you know primarily my day kind of starts with the uh, you know hanging out on the product side of things so we work with our product managers really understand the roadmap make sure that the product is good um then we'll get on with some you know other leaders in the on the team making sure from an operations perspective uh all teams are functioning um you know we've grown to a team of about 800 people so managing teams around the world and being 24 7 is, is definitely uh fun and keeps us busy. And then, uh, you know, the second half of the day, primarily just uh, on with customers, you know, we, we're quite a bit um, in our Facebook group and emails and stuff like that. So primarily have a Zoom room and customers just jump in and helping them figure out what's going on and understanding what what issues and what they're trying to do. Um, you know, honestly, that that's my day. <laughs> right on, brother. How'd you get into it, man? I'm so curious because what you're doing is fascinating. I mean, it's it's killer. And I'm ser I'm serious. Like, how did you get into it? How how does one become a Robin Alex? You know, how'd you how'd you get into the position you're in now? Yeah. So uh started, you know, years ago, um, you know, probably close to 15 years ago, doing uh consulting, um, and then you know, turn it eventually turned into a marketing agency. Um, and, and as a marketing agency, we started out doing a lot of web development and uh you know, we, we pick up projects and, and the, the challenge there is it's feast and famine. You pick up a project, you're working quite a bit, and then you get scope creep and things like that. And then once the project is done, you're you're done with the customer. Um, and then it's a fight to pick up another customer. And what I immediately learned was you need to get as close as you can to the revenue line of a business. If you're able to help them generate more revenue, they're going to partner with you and want you to stay on longer there. So from there, we uh, primarily focused on consulting with sales teams and really helping at top of funnel for a lot of small businesses. Um, and that's where we got really heavy into doing stuff like with Facebook ads, Google ads, SEO, things of that nature. Um, and we were helping many businesses grow um, and, you know, built the team up to about 20, 25 people around the world. Um, but the challenge that we always ran into is as a, you know, service-based company, you're providing a lot of services, but most businesses have a share wallet issue they can only spend so much money in a month. And if you're not delivering results, there's a fundamental problem there and they ultimately fire you. And the, the problem that we ran into is we would come in saying, hey, we can help your business grow by providing you more leads and contacts into your business. But the And businesses think that is the way to grow. But ultimately the challenge is we did a great job in providing a spreadsheet of leads or automations to ha hand it to your email and things like that. But the business didn't know what to do with it. They weren't making calls. Right. They weren't leveraging those databases. And mm -hmm. so what, what ultimately happened was they would say, I don't know what to do with this. This is not what I wanted. I wanted ultimately more appointments or more ultimately more dollars in my pocket. You as the marketing agency is supposed to 
do that. More marketing equals more dollars. You didn't tell me more work on my side. And so there's a fundamental disconnect there. So um, we actually mapped out on, on our um, whiteboard in our office, me and my team of like what a software could do from A to Z um, from a workflow perspective. And we, we definitely tabled it. We, you know, we were too busy helping customers. And interestingly enough, I had a customer of mine reach out to me saying, hey, there's these two guys, they're trying to launch a new software. Don't know exactly what, what it is or how it's going to work in my business, but they need access to certain things. Can you talk to them and help them get set up? So got on a call, great individuals. And, um, you know, we got everything set up and I basically was like, hey, well, I have you here. I have this other software idea. I'd love for you guys to see it. And they gave me an interesting response saying, Oh, this is interesting. Give us a couple of days and we'll call you back. And um, lucky for me, they called me back a couple of days later. And we, uh, you know, they, they actually had mocked up, you know, the software to do in a couple of these, these new items. And I was like, wow, that's incredible. Let me take it to my customers and see how we do. And took it to one immediate success from there. It, let's roll it out to the rest of our customers. And we rolled out to, you know, like 80 other customers and immediate success all over the board. And I was just so impressed with what it was doing. I was just like, Hey, can I send it to other agencies that I know ah. just cause I know they're running the same problem. And uh, you know, uh, we reached out to about 20 of them and 13 of them. Everyone says yes, of course, but you know, 13 of them actually took it seriously and went deep into the product. And from there um, it grew like wildfire. And then, you know, me and, you know, the other two developers ended up saying, Hey, let's, let's, you know, join together and, and take over the world. And so from there, we, you know, re retuned the business and uh, just started getting it to more people. And, uh, you know, here we are, we're hitting our sixth year now and, uh, you know, trying to take over the, take over the world. Take over the world, baby. I love it. Yeah. It's like, uh, <laughs> like that Austin Powers course, like I mean, Mr. Evil, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, what was fun about this whole journey is like, there was no predictability. We weren't trying to say, you know, we're going to be this massive company. We were just like, Hey, we're in the trenches. Let's, let's all join this party together and solve, solve as many problems as we can. No shit, man. So yes, yeah. See, I'm, have, I'm, have, I'm having an interesting situation right now where my clients are in a similar situation to where your clients were with my agency, where I'm bringing them leads, but they're not able to close the leads a lot of the time. I'm actually booking them a lot of appointments, like one client, a hundred appointments in the first week of doing business. And she closed a zero percent closing rate on the hundred appointments that we booked her. And they're qualified leads. We went we them through a funnel that was, you know, qualifying them. There was a total of about 150, a hundred of them were qualified enough to get on the phone with her and she closed zero of them man and it pisses me off because we're bringing them results but they're not able to convert those results into actual dollars um so yeah, yeah. it's a fascinating and, situation and i i've dealt with many of those situations and then you start having to dive deep into it right so if these are phone call conversations yeah. you need a system to record the calls and then you have to start analyzing the calls because they're probably the best your customer is probably the best at doing the delivery of service they're not the best at right. sales and right. you have to figure out a, a way to either bridge that gap and really coaching them up or let them do their first bat at it. And then can you build automations and stuff after the fact of like, hey, I know you didn't book then. Can you shoot them a text saying, hey, are you still thinking about it? Can we get you on a follow up call or yes, would you like yes. to you know, do discounts and stuff like that just to work around the the business owner? Because, you know, as you know, business owners are the best at the delivery, but they're also the crux in growing their business. And so you either have to to acknowledge that and work around it or ultimately move on because it's just not going to work.
Yeah, there's not much you can do, right? I mean, we're doing all we can and we've got the automation set up for the follow-ups and yeah, uh, still having a hard time with that. Depends on the client, right? But at the end of the day, yeah, um, you're seeming like you're into the automation side of things a lot. Uh, what's your primary focus with your business right now? Like if I were to help you with something or uh, just hypothetically, where would we be helping you in terms of uh, where we want to bring this thing? Yeah, I mean, the way that we look at it is we can really help any business from a capture, nurture, close perspective. So Nice. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the way that we look at it is we can really help any business from a capture, nurture, close perspective. So we can really help any business from a capture, nurture, close perspective. So we can really help any business from a capture, nurture, close perspective. So we can really help any business from a capture, n
um, where you come in, hey, I'm here. I want to learn more about the product. You're put on a queue. You just get to hang out and they'll move you into a breakout room. And we built this whole model, which is really cool. So much so that Zoom actually created a product around it. And we were actually the test case. Um, No kidding. but, Wow. you know, so we, we get people in there and, and then we do a full exposure demo on the product and we really find we tailor it based on questions that we ask, you know, what kind of business do you have? Do you have customers? Um, what industry? And then they'll tailor the demo. And then at the end of it, um, you know, we have about a 80% close rate there. Um, and the Oh, idea shit. is, you know, yeah, Ah. so, so it's really high. Um, you know, just from that component. And, and the way that we get that is twofold. One is live on the call, but then because it's a demo, they'll do follow-up um, as well. So we can pick up as called kind of a second order um, conversion as well, just from that engagement. But what we do find is holistically, if enough people are able to talk to a human being, the conversion rate is significantly higher than people trying to come in through an automated method. Um, because at the end of the day, we are humans and we like the human to human connection. And for us, our product is so vast that, you know, I think naturally speaking, if you go into a software, you think that it's self-serving, you can solve it yourself. And for us, it's, we acknowledge that there is that mindset, but because our product is so challenging, um, because we could do so much, it is nice to just be able to talk to someone and help connect the dots. And it actually accelerates um, your success rate on the platform as well. Yeah, no shit, man. So you're finding that you use the automation to get people into the human to human connection. So you're not replacing human to human connection. You're augmenting it with the automation to bring people to it. Yeah, exactly. And you're finding that people are taking you up on the, the Zoom room, that people are Oh, 100%. getting, Yeah. no kidding, Yeah. eh? Man, Yeah. that's a genius idea, dude. You modeled it after the Verizon and Apple stores. It's fascinating. How did you come up with that idea? Uh, I mean, honestly, just go into the Apple store, right? It's Oh, when, when, when you have a problem, you just walk in and they have someone at the front holding the iPad saying, hey, what's your name? Well, why don't you go wait over there, you know, by this table and I'll have Sally come by in a couple of minutes. She's wrapping up with another customer. So you're just waiting there, right? Just, and then looking around or, you know, working on something else on your phone. And then all of a sudden this individual comes up to you and helps you out. So we just said, well, why can't we follow that model instead of trying to do book calls or make it, you know, very frustrating because uh, you're trying to connect two people at the same time. So Yeah, we're always right. on your schedule. You just give us a few minutes and we'll get someone to talk to you. Man, freaking brilliant, dude. Where my mind goes with that is when people are waiting in the Apple store, they're like looking around, they're seeing the products. And I'm wondering if you could put some sort of waiting room video or webinar, whereas Yeah, they're exactly. waiting, you get an advertisement Yeah. there. So they're, they're, And they we do have have that, the same, yeah. the same Apple store experience, right? You do have that? Yeah, so when you go into the Zoom room, not only is there a video playing, a concierge is talking to you, and then we also have a live queue, so you can kind of see the live update on, you know, where you're at when you're up next. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the podcast and I want to let you know that I've got a free book that you can get if you want to tap into more of these resources and you can get that for free at kylesbook.com. Back to the podcast. Freaking brilliant, dude. And what about the demo that people, you got an 80% close ratio going through that. So man, like what's the demo that you're walking people through? Uh, it's just a full exposure demo of the product. So, you know, we go through all the, the value prop features that, that we have in it and um, really, you know, make sure that we get you to a point of success. Okay, sweet, man. What about the value prop propositions that you're bringing people through? Like, uh, what are some of the value props that you talk about in that demo? Yeah, I mean, coming back to the capture, nurture, close and, and engage. Yeah. But, Yeah. you know, of course, there's those concepts, but you have to find tailor to the person's 
business niche, um, industry, geography. So really it's just asking those questions and then being able to tailor the capture nurture code to their business because everyone thinks about it a little bit differently. Yeah, no kidding, man. Huh? It's interesting, dude. It's, this is a fascinating way that you put that together, man. It's like, fuck. A lot of people don't don't think about that. That and you you modeled something that's from a real life experience to a, an online digital realm where you can model the the beauty of walking into an Apple store online, dude. It's brilliant. I love it. I'm trying to think about how you can incorporate that into your clients' businesses if if you were to uh, because. Where I'm coming from is we run an AI agency. That's one of our companies. And one of the things that we do is we run customer service for our for our clients using AI. We'll train the AI up based on everything that they've ever written or said or have online. And essentially, it becomes a digital copy of them like you guys do, right? And so I'm thinking that's an interesting way of bringing people to this sort of video conferencing instead of having it replace it. Because uh, that's a big crux, I think, that you've, you've mastered there is instead of replacing it, uh, You've, you're using that automation to bring people to it. It's, it's fascinating, dude. Huh. I feel like a lot of people need to tap into something like that instead of trying to replace the human-to-human -human connection, bring people to it with automation. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's this interesting thing, mostly in, on the online space. It's it's this quick move to trying to remove humans. Right. But I think it, it's a slow burn and, and you have to meet people where they're at if you want to make, you know, make any conversion or make any dollars today. People are not used to talking to a robot. People are not used to talking to AI. It doesn't matter how good it is. People are just not used to it. So either you have to to master it at a level where they just can't experience it or just don't realize what they're talking to. But that mm. takes time. Ah, and, see, that'd be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> we're you, not you quite know, there yet. Almost, but not quite. I, I honestly think that we're, we're way far off uh, from the perspective of, hmm. Can you actually have a human to human conversation like this with a with, uh, with a bot, uh, yeah. with an AI you yeah. know experience? And I think that's a that's a big gap that we just can't overcome yet. And it takes time to build that. And at some point we will be there. But two things have to happen. One, in the meantime, sales has to occur because you can't wait. And then two, not only will the technology have to catch up and when it does, which will be shorter than we think, us as humans have to be in a world where we're accepting of it, right? Wow. So if you think pre-open API, uh, uh, open AI, right. the world was not used to letting a bot or AI help you. But okay. until it became mainstream, everyone is now like, yeah, throw it into AI, we're good. Right. So I think you're seeing that that's, that's where the future is going, where the, the people will start to be upset, accepting of it and, and being like, OK, look at this. Like, that's the cool part, man. If you don't know that it's a bot you're talking to, then you'd be able to have that conversation with as though you were talking with a human. You'd have that that digital avatar of a person in your in your, your Zoom room that you run 24 seven without having to have the staff that, that goes into it. And on top of that, the AI would know exactly what to say because they've been able to model millions of conversations and say, hey, this worked this didn't this worked this didn't and have those a b tests go through millions of variations and have a masterful salesperson at the end of the day that you'd be able to get on the call and say hey look at um, this is what I need to say to get this person to convert right now. And they can do a psychoanalysis on that individual based on everything they've read online, everything they've ever written and their social medias and, and 
come up with a, a prognostic report or a, a predictive analysis of what will make this person convert. I think that's where the future of sales is going. Um, being able to ana analyze people's online digital presences and come up with a, a prognostication of, of what somebody is most likely to uh, convert based on what we need to say to them. What do you think about that, man? Yeah, no, I, I think th there is a, it, it takes time to have that holistic picture actually implemented yeah. Yeah, on the yeah. sales side. And it's a trickier beast there. And so for us, you know, we're looking at how can we solve the world today? Not, you know, while we also are tabling stuff right. for the future, it's right. what, what can we do today? And that's how we, ha you know, we are very humanistic. Now on other aspects of the business, when you think about support and stuff like that, I think we have more leeway in testing out things. And so we've implemented AI and we're training models internally. I mean, we have a huge dev team. I mean, I think we're nice. close to 300 people on our dev side. And so we're building a lot of models and things like that. So when people come to support, the way that we look at it is, can our bots actually take the first crack at a support request mm -hmm. and try to solve it? Um, and, and very similar, we've trained models going to our help, um, help articles, um, just our knowledge base internal and external and creating models around it. And we're watching the efficacy of it. Um, but right now we're also like, okay, after the first bat, go ahead and go ahead and trigger to a human, um, if it doesn't resolve. Um, and so over time, the idea is the bot will get better and then we won't have to backfill as many resources over time. I mean, their support team is close to 300 people. So, you know, we won't have to hire as many as we have, um, over time just because the bot will get better there. Yeah. And so right now you don't have it to the point where it's, you can talk to the AI, but you don't realize that you're talking to an AI. They know that it's a bot they're talking to as of now. And you see yeah, yeah. It, 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 we are upfront about it. And even from an FTC perspective, they're very clear with, with bots right. that if uh, you're trying to emulate as a human, but you're not representing that it's not a human, um, there potentially will be problems. And so instead of trying to, to work around that and make sure that we're, you know, trying to be sneaky and all that we just said it's not worth the fight let's just be up front and so people know that they're talking to a bot but if if you acknowledge it and that's the only path that you have and it works i, I don't think there's an issue there yeah no um, where the issue becomes is is how the ftc will be able to to monitor who's an ai who's not or what use cases we're able to use AI without telling people that it's an AI. For example, we're using AI to write books, uh, to write sales letters. Do we have to tell people that it's an AI that's writing the sales letter that they're being persuaded by? Uh, um, I, I mean, I don't know the answer, but you know, like when you right, talk about right. books and things like that, I think the biggest concern is, you know, how good is the material going to be that you can, you can't tell that it was actually AI that generated it. And I think, you know, they have, uh, you know, these systems that are now reading and they could tell, you know, based on heuristics, it doesn't matter how well you train the AI that they could still tell if it was generated from, a, you know, open AI or something like that. And it comes back to the old school plagiarism generators. You know, you could put right, in right. anything right now and they can tell. So I, I think, you know, how are people going to work around that? And, you know, it's all about quality at the end of the day, not so much quantity. And I think that's the problem with AI in the today world. It's generating mm. so much content and it's just regurgitating a lot of content. Sure, you can spin it and try to make it slightly better. But yeah. the question is, how is the quality? And I've yet to say, wow, the AI book is the best book that was ever written. Yeah, yeah, no kidding, man. See, it's close. It's maybe not close to the best book ever written yet, but we're getting up there, man, to the point where these detectors can't tell that our writing is written by AI. Well, yeah, yeah. So you'll be able to overcome that. 
so far. But coming, <laughs> yeah. But where's the quality? Right. The quality. You still is haven't good. told me. Yeah, it's I mean, good, man. We got clients paying five k for the, and maybe five k isn't a lot for a ghostwritten book, obviously, but still, they're paying five k for a book, and they're ecstatic by it. In fact, one dude even said that he cried reading the way that his AI told the story of how he got started with his business. He cried, yeah, man. and, and uh, until there's uh more stories about it, and until you know there's an actual New York bestseller that was actually written by AI, and you know mm. turns into a, an award winning book. And someone admits that it was written by AI. That's the other uh, piece. True. Yeah, yeah, true. Right? Huh. It's not there yet. Might be a tall order, man. Imagine you just got a New York Times bestseller and you're like, oh, fuck, this was written by AI. I don't know if I should tell anybody. <laughs> right, be an right. And, predicament and, to be in. And, and until it's at that point, it's not going to be, right. you know, I, I'm still on the side of it's, it's quantity over quality. Because yes, you know, if I were to pay for a book to be written, I'm going to have an emotional attachment to that because I paid for it. And of right. course I want it to be a success, but it, what I'm talking about is that, you know, when it's at mass, that's when it becomes a real thing and almost, you know, kind of a scary thing on what's created by human versus what's created by technology. Yeah, no kidding, man. It does become a scary thing. Another interesting thing is you can actually write the book in real time or the webinar or the sales letter in real time for that individual. So imagine a webinar yeah. that's being written as it's being presented five seconds yeah, ahead where it's being presented by voice with slides and everything. That's where I see the future of it going, man. I'm so excited for that because it yeah. can model a webinar that's made a million dollars or a hundred million dollars off the, over the last 15, 20 years and say, Hey, look at this all worked. And then we can kind of come up with a conglomerate of all of these webinars and bring it to the future of, of having that being generated in real time. Dude, what are some of the other things that you're using AI for with your clients? Um, you know, a, a lot of it is with, um, uh, you know, on the chat side of things, I, I think yeah. that's where most small businesses struggle is right. lead to speed or speed to lead. And we're able to backfill that with, with AI we, we've implemented many other places, you know, from a content generation component. So writing blogs, writing, um, you know, building landing pages and things like that. Um, we're getting into a world where you'll be able to create automations and workflows, le leveraging AI, um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, we, we've embedded it in so many different places on the generative side, as well as on the image creation side. So you can actually create um, AI driven images as needed as you're, you know, creating content, you know, whether it's social media posting um, that we have or, you know, building landing pages and you need custom images. Um, all of that's available to you today. Now, what do you, how do you know what AI to use in a company? Like, let's say you, I, I signed up with you. How do you know what AI would be right for my company? Well, we create our own algorithms to where we leverage, you know, a little bit of Bard, um, you know, Anthropic, a little bit of, uh, you know, OpenAI, of course. Um, and, and, you know, we continuously test which which model makes the most sense for the activity that you're doing, because some work better than than others. And we have a, a team of about, I think, 20 people who, you know, their whole job is to make sure that the models are, you know, hitting at a high percentage. Um, the effectiveness of it is there as well as cost. Um, you know, we, we want to make sure that it's reasonable and, eff and effective at the same time. All right, man. So how'd you get up to the team that you're at? Cause you keep saying, you know, I got 300 people in the, in the customer service department, I got 300 developers that are working for us, dude, how the hell did you get up to that level? How did like, you know, yeah. walk me through that, that process, man. I mean, shit, you're at a level that not a lot of people are able to, to accomplish so huge props yeah. for that, man. But how the hell did yeah, you get man. there? It's been fun. Uh, you know, we have a great recruiting team. We, uh, we, we have a model of, it's not about your, you know, where you were born. 
it, it's about, you know, skill set. And so we scour uh, many different countries all over the world and we just want the best talent possible and pay top of market where we can. Um, Love it. but you know, it all comes down to our recruiting team. That was, uh, you know, one of our most important hires, um, mm. making sure that we can have top talented recruiters who actually know how to scour and find top talented individuals who can come onto the team and actually provide value. Um, and, and it's definitely a challenge. I mean, it, it, when you're bringing this many people on consistently, it's, uh, you know, you, you'll have people that just don't meet the culture and things like that, but having processes and systems there, um, from a people operation side is super important. And that was, a Big initiative on our team and a huge, huge important part in how we've been growing. No kidding, man. Yeah, it's sort of like a meta hire. You had to hire somebody who would know how to hire others. So you got yeah, that exactly. the, the meta, right? It's yeah. interesting, dude. Um, hell, dude. I mean, how the hell do you you let's say that how do you know what services to employ for a company? That's what I'm wondering is if I were to sign up with you, how do you know what services would be the right for, for my company? What are some of the questions that you ask folks that lead you to know what AI or what automation to employ? Yeah. Well, you know, for us, a lot of people don't come with us with a blank slate in the perspective of, I don't know why I'm here. Right. right? Okay. Fair people, enough. Interesting. You know, people come in with, with a want and, and typically when they're out shopping for new software, they, have, generally speaking, they use some sort of technology today. What they're trying to do is what I call the plus one. They're trying to do one more thing that they couldn't do before, which is like, mm. I do all this stuff. I just need to do this one other feature. Can I do that mm. here? So we focus on that first. And then because we have that, the, you know, the agency or the business owner kind of looks at it, it's like, huh, okay, now can I do that? All the other stuff that I'm using five, six, 12 other tools over here I can actually migrate all that in. And now it's all in one place. So that's the way that we we approach it and look at it. So it's actually not as difficult as you think because people are just kind of telling us, I need to solve this problem. And our goal is to help them get to that point of success in solving it. You're very Steve Jobs-like, dude. You've got the unification going on. You're trying to bring a conglomerate of, of processes that are working separately into a unified model that's one, the same way that Steve yeah. would have gone, gone about um, integrating software and hardware yeah. together. You know, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't want to compare myself to to Steve Jobs by any means, but you know, <laughs> I, I do think, you know, from, from what we do every day is, you know, we're engineers, um, you know, on our team and we love building. And so if there's solution or if there's problems that that's out there, we're going to find a solution. And a lot of it is just building more technology. And you love that shit, eh? Yeah. I love it, man. I, you feel the passion coming off you, man. Um, so, dude, um, what about the... Um, Cause it's it, what you're up to is, is amazing, dude. Um, hmm. What questions am I not asking that I should be asking in terms of giving an entrepreneur watching the most value for their, for their, their time here. If they were to think about incorporating AI into their companies, what would be the best question that I could ask you? Uh, you know, from an AI perspective, I think it's just um, starting to test out things live immediately. I think that's super important. Um hmm. But depending on what kind of business that you have and you're thinking about it, just be cautious and go in full tilt with AI out the gate. You want to baby mm -hmm. your way into it because you're basically risking normal day-to-day -day business activity that got you to that position today. Interesting. Right. So you're not saying to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You're not looking to replace. You're looking to augment. Am I catching right. that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Start with augmenting and then you can, you know, as it improves, you can always, you know, tune it up and and make it at 100%, but out the gate, it's always a risk. And, um, mm. you know, day-to-day -day business is just as important as well as trying new things. And so play that with a fine battle. But I, I think there's a lot of cool things that people can leverage and, and do and test.
um, but just be cautious along the way. Oh man, I'm surprised to hear you say that. It's interesting because you're you're so technology prone, but you're also saying you're aware of the risks when it comes to implementing it and and being too quick on the draw. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, sometimes making big drastic changes can switch the momentum in a negative way. And, you know, think about a roller coaster. It's a hard process to make it up to the top, but if you make a change, you're starting back at the bottom and think about that roller coaster ride again. Right. And that drop off in testing something new, is it worth, worth it? And, you know, you just need to evaluate the risk potential of if it doesn't work the way that you want, you know, what, what are you doing in the meantime? Right, right, right. Now, in terms of what you notice in terms of patterns that a lot of companies need to implement automation and AI, but aren't right now, aside from customer service, what are some of the other things that you've noticed that, you know, people need to be implementing AI that, that it's not going to be too rushed or too fast. The technology is ready, that the risk is relatively low compared to the potential yield. Uh, what are some of the patterns you've noticed? Uh, I, the biggest pattern is focusing on the things that people are not focused on today. That's the, the least path of resistance, right? Well, Hmm. if no one is responding to the text messages, yeah, go ahead and throw AI there because no one's responding to the text message anyway. So what's worse, you know, it's better to have than not have. And, Right. and so that's what I always look at, not trying to solve for something that is working consistently or working well today. Um, Hmm. I think those are the ones that you could maybe into. Um, over time, uh, but you're taking, you just have to be cautious because it is a big risk of trying something new. But if you put your eyes on areas that no one's touched, no one's exposed, but you know, it's a problem, you can get, get up to speed a lot faster there. Hmm. So you're saying to not base the AI or the automation off of what you want. You're looking at the problems that you already have, the the existing issues that you're facing and to I'd say the problem, pick the, the problems that you generally ignore, you like know, it's a problem. ignore. Ah, That you just but but it's like ah, it's a pain in the ass to deal with that. So I'm just gonna yeah, kinda shove it under the rug for now. yep. And the, I bet you those are the ones that you can implement something and probably you know make a lot of money on the back end because you've you plug that gap. Can you give me an example in terms of something that you would automate that people generally want to shove under the rug but aren't uh, taking care of right now? A, a Oh, typical. hundred percent. I mean, uh, the first one is at the front door. Are people when people text you, are you responding back within? you know, within minutes. Mm hmm. If somebody calls you after hours, are you, you know, keeping up with them because no one's there? Um, you know, just small things like that can be meaningful to your business. Because you've got a lead that's hot and ready, but you're not able to uh, to get in, get in touch with them because you don't have somebody there to deal with that. Um, Yeah. shit, interesting. Um, what are, what's another thing that you noticed? And we'll we'll end it with this. As I got my Facebook going off here because I freaking didn't mute it. <laughs> um, we'll end it with this, dude. Um, what's another thing that um, if if I were to ask you that would provide the most value would would be the, the answer to that what what question uh, what could i ask you that would be the most um value providing thing that i could uh, get out of you No, I mean, I, I think uh, the biggest thing that I like to tell entrepreneurs is to move fit, move fast, be agile, and uh, just go. Don't try to build something. on the side and try to make it perfect before you show it to the world. mm. I do think it's, it's getting it out as fast as possible. So you can figure out what to change and tweak. Um, there's no such thing as perfection because when perfection means that you're finished and nothing should be ever finished because the world is constantly changing. So the faster that you get it out, the better that will be.
um, you're not going to be able to make it better just sitting in your, you know, in, in your office or in your basement, just plugging away, trying to build something. Feel like that's a mistake a lot of people make man it's, it takes uh it takes courage to pull the trigger get it out there and get feedback from the market instead of just trying to do it all in your head you can rehearse it you can play the the situations out but uh when it comes down to actually getting the market feedback you, there's only one way to do that and that's by pulling the trigger um yeah, man 100%. how how can somebody who's watching or listening reading can get in touch with you uh how can they uh implement um, what you like, how can they first of all get into that zoom room so that they can talk with somebody and then how do they Yeah. go about business with you Yeah. Um, you know, our, our website is gohighlevel.com. Um, you know, feel free to check it out. We have a 14 day trial. And as soon as you sign up to a trial, you'll get all the details in, um, in going into the zoom room and being able to communicate with our team. Um, but you can always reach out to me. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, really all the channels. Um, you can just search Robin Alex. Um, there's not a lot, a lot of people like that. You can message me there or you can shoot me an email, Robin at gohighlevel.com. Love it, man. Well, dude, thank you so much for being so open with me. We had a great conversation. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, Kyle. All right. I hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. And if you want to get a free copy of my book, go to kylesbook.com and you can get a copy there. I'll talk with you soon.